and welcome to the 320 Club podcast. Why is it called the 320 Club? Well, 420 was already taken and happy hour is happening somewhere else. We're your hosts. I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rox. So, what brings us here this week, Whiskey? Monsters. Monsters? Oh my god. It's not even Halloween. <laughs> well, I you thought know. this was supposed to be the month of love. I guess it's pretty scary out there with all that shitty weather. Well, they got Easter eggs out already. We might as well talk about Halloween. <laughs> right on. What are Why thinking? do you want to talk about monsters? Uh, well, you know, we watch all these zombie movies and, you know, The Walking Dead. And, you know, most of us are avid fans. I mean, even Game of Thrones has sort of got a zombie-esque flavor to it when you see the, the hordes of the undead uh, racing towards the castle. Mm-hmm. And I don't, for me, the, the modern, um, zong- zombie movie is about, cons- to me, is about consumerism. You know, it's always <clears throat> ever consuming, right? The feeding on f- whatever flesh it can find. It's never satiated. Um, and, <laughs> and the people that tend to do thrive in these situations or survive if you will are the uninfected the ones that don't have this consumerist gene they they, th- they thrive on personal relationships um and they're very resilient um, well there's an article out there it's about the uh like the the t- the times or the political the political spectrum or whatever, whoever's in charge politically, whether it's from the left or the right, um, there tends to be like a meta narrative that happens in the, in the horror genre. And, uh, the one article that I read, it said zombies are red and vampires are blue. (laughs) So zombies represent like, um, the, the red side of the argument. It's like when, when, when say Republicans are in power, um, Typically, you'll see a lot of movies made about zombies, um, and you'll see a lot of anti-consumerism. And so, therefore, like you're saying, the survivors in a zombie movie tend to be part of, like, the liberal elite or whatever. They're the, the people who are free-thinking, like you said. And But on the opposite side, you see when, like, Democrats or when the liberals are in in power, you see a lot more vampire media that comes out. Like, uh, uh, what was a good example? Um, uh, you had like True Blood and you had all that kind of shit that was coming out. Uh, Twilight, all that crap. When Obama was in power, you had a lot of that stuff come out. And uh, it was it was kind of like the, 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 the rights uh, response to, you know, they're, they're afraid of foreigners and they're afraid of touchy-feely... Um, well, there's the the picture that they showed in this one article in particular was uh, they see they showed like uh, a picture of all the people in Twilight, and then they compared it to a picture who had of uh, people who are at a gay pride parade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay to be in pride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the but hair, that was kind of like what they're equating the it with. I thought it was kind of interesting. It's funny. It's like. Have you ever seen the movie Zeitgeist? Uh, there used to be like a lot of different videos called Zeitgeist. Right. Um, what I understand is uh, I haven't actually seen the movie. I wish I had. I wish I had a better uh, way to describe this. But the way I understand it is that there's like a 
a social attitude that accompanies and you see it in our you kind of see it in our in our horror genre and why would that the the question i would have is why would that be and i think some of that has to do with um horror movies are actually typically very cheap to make so it's easy to throw in like a little uh like a meta narrative it's easy to throw in like underlying plot points and all that kind of stuff like george romero he's famous for the genre for the zombie genre he did it all the time in all of his movies yeah but if you read on read up on it a, a bit like his first one was a group of six so like indie films mm-hmm. and, and they were i and i think each movie stands on its own like you we can't say in generalization all zombie movies are about commercialization some of it's just about fear-mongering some of it was yeah. about the political climate in the Cold War. Um, but it's, you know, movie making is, is a statement and is, is an art form. It's a way of criticizing without <coughs> being critical and up to including Shakespeare of embedded messages, uh, su- subtle messages inside their play. And, you know, it's it's refreshing, you know. But you see a lot of these days don't have an underlying narrative. They're flat. Um, but, uh, my kids, that's true, but, but you're also <laughs> seeing like, you got to look at the market is completely dominated by Disney at the moment, but there are still a couple of nuggets out there that make it through. And I mean, you want to talk about the horror genre, look at, uh, uh, there was a movie that came out last year. It was called a quiet place. Have you heard of that or seen it? Nope. Um, so I thought that was kind of a fascinating movie because it's been interpreted like in terms of its meta narrative a whole bunch of different ways. Do you know what the movie's about at all? I can try and explain it. Not at all. Basically, it's like a post-apocalypse. Uh, Jonathan Krasinski and his uh, his wife, uh, Emily Blunt, they have a family of like five kids or whatever, something like that. And uh, they appear to be like the last family alive. And the reason why there's an apocalypse is because there's these monsters who are running about who have like ultra sensitive um like hearing so they can they can hear across great distances and they just prey on people that's the idea it's the only way you can get around anywhere is if you're extra quiet when you're moving around in different spaces and all that kind of stuff and i've heard a couple of different interpretations one was that it was a it was a uh, <laughs> it was a meta narrative for um how to navigate the nuclear family and this time of catastrophe when Donald Trump is in power. <laughs> the other one I heard was like more anti left side. It's just like how to navigate this, uh, this political climate when you're not allowed to say anything with all the political correctness that's going around. You actually have to stay quiet and know your place and in the food chain and <laughs> like all kinds of shit that's going on. Or Bird Box? <laughs> Bird Box is similar, yeah. Very similar. You yeah. just walk around being blind all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah I don't... Some of the interest, other interesting... We talk about young filmmakers and monsters, and you got the, the what we call it, Momos? Oh, I just saw that in the news today and yesterday. That's some, that's some fucked up shit. Yeah, my wife caught my daughter watching some of it. It's like, turn oh, the, really? Are your parents sleeping? Turn on the stove. Like, are you serious? Yeah. 
So I wow. thank you, Google, for not paying attention. My daughter is no, lo- no longer allowed to use Google products. Wow. Because you don't police your crap. Yeah, no shit. Jeez, that's crazy, man. And no, I just saw that YouTube in the news kids. the other it's day about this YouTube whole thing. It's on YouTube Kids. Sorry? It's on YouTube Kids. Is it really? Yes. So they found, so these, I okay, so what I understand of this story is that they found, like, hackers or whatever found a way to circumnavigate, like, certain rules and restrictions that they have on YouTube Kids, because there's a channel separate for kids on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not hackers. There's just people who make little videos. So you upload, uh, um, let's say Peppa Pig, and your content is G, and you watch the first four minutes, and it looks like Peppa Pig. But do you watch the whole video? No, right? No. So it is now an artistic representation of what you want to happen to Papa Pig and Mama Pig. Jeez. And trying to validate your your whole, you know, sense of insecurity and down with normal parents. People are sick, man. Oh, like go and I cut posted yourself. it on our like, Facebook on, page ridiculous. earlier, the whole idea of this like Momo shit. And I was just I, I looked at it, I was like, you know what? I've said this before uh, to friends and families. Like, you know what, the social media experiment, you know, it was fun while it lasted but we clearly can't handle it like you know we we can't we're not mature enough as a species to be able to deal with this shit we might as well just shut it all down well yeah well social media i mean it's got its places but you know what it's the it's the thing is do you want perceived uh privacy remember facebook doesn't care about what you're who you're talking to they care about what you're reading and, and advertising and demographics it's just sort of an a data analytics machine oh uh, yeah for it sure. has no interest in providing you decent content well i actually okay so i listened to a podcast the other day it was with tim cook he's an independent journalist uh he's one of the founding members of uh vice news um, say what you will about those organizations, but the interview or the talk discussion that I listened to him with, it was on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. It was actually pretty, pretty fascinating. Um, they started talking about, um, how Facebook wanted to get away from incorporating like news feeds and all that kind of stuff on its pages. And they wanted to get more into like social connections and you know being people being able to engage with their families and all kinds of stuff like that right um but i guess news media companies have been going like crazy because that's where they get most of their clicks out of and you know that's where their currency is and fucking fake internet clicks and points and all kinds of shit like that so you know i don't know if i there obviously facebook has some part in it to blame but there's also like a lot of news outlets that are trying to get ad revenue based off of just people clicking on their on their links and shit yeah so if i can maybe re-steer you back to momo i'll get i'll get us to uh post the the national online safety tip about momo mm-hmm. for parents out there People who want to read a primer on uh, why this is bad, because some of the pictures are just completely distressing. You don't need your, your five-year-old because they learn how to use YouTube to click on this. Right. Um, and Google just pulls up random things. So you need to 
protect our kids and part of our information security is there's the other part paradigm is protect yourself and your information but you want to make sure the information you're getting is is the right time right uh right format right and the right information so it's um it's it's disturbing that people are putting misinformation as a blatant set of misinformation that they're, they're they're giving and providing to your children with a view of creating a, a, set of, a set of anarchy, if you will. Yeah. No one does this for the betterment of society. It is like, I don't care who, the, whatever freaking agenda you got. This is stupid. Okay. If you find yeah. your kid, do yeah. it. I'm not one to, so, uh, to uh, advocate for um, abuse of your kids, but smack them. Just really, you need to educate them with some knowledge, if you will to say the effect that could happen like as a parent you catch your parent your kid making these videos and you're putting them online like yeah what, what on your conscience some some your kid made a video they got another kid killed or a yeah, family you're trying killed. to express reason to somebody who is clearly incapable of it right it's like it's hard i i get it if you're at a so party I'm, and your friend pulls one of these videos out same thing. Smack him upside the head saying, that's wrong. That's wrong, people. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, there's, I can't control the actions of other people, especially on the internet. That's that's for sure. The way I look at this whole situation is like, how do I protect, especially my son, right? Uh, how do I protect my son from this when he starts getting older and he starts getting interested in, in these things and starts, you know, I'm, I'm for sure not going to give him his own phone until, you know, he's out and about, like, hanging out with his friends, probably closer to, like, fucking high school at this point, just so he has a... And it's not even going to be, like, a, a nice phone. It'll just be, like, a little flip phone so he can call home for a ride when he oh, needs to. That's kind of thing and like that. self-deluded ideals. Oh, I, like, but this is serious, man. Like, he's, as soon as I'm, he can I am walk. trying to look for solutions, and it's important to have the conversation. So as soon as he realizes what a phone is, he's going to want yours. And he's not going to wait a decade to get it. He already does it. Exactly. So, so next year. Oh, I'm totally aware of that. He already tries to go after it because he, you know, he sees, he sees what it is. And he, he like, they basically come pre-programmed now, kids. They, they come out of the womb pre-programmed knowing how to use these goddamn things. It's crazy. Well, you're taking my dad's line. That's not true. But anyways. <laughs> just realizes but, that so, so we vote with our wallets guys and gals vote with your wallet well you can do you have so to do if, more if than google that. does not want to police their content remove youtube from the phone okay yeah they so that's what i did i my, my daughter's got an apple product as much as i'm ashamed to say it but i remove youtube <laughs> from the she's i i parental control took it off and she's got Crave TV is all she can watch. Right. And it's got her Peppa Pig, and she can click around there. Everything else is password protected. She can't even take photos with that thing. Well, so, that's good. Um, no location so, services, no nothing like that. Well, you can take... I left them on in case I need to find her, but... <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I got it. I don't know. Like, I've thought about, like 
potential solutions and i mean i'm doing too I, I do a lot of what if scenarios right like that's where my head goes and i i get into that kind of visual headspace but i'm just thinking just like you know when the kids start getting into an age bracket where they're like going outside or hanging out which they don't do anymore by the way uh when they hang out with each other they're talking to each other and they're all doing it over like social media or they're all um they're all playing on their phones together or whatever because that's what like even if you didn't prevent your even if you prevented your kid from being able to access access that stuff you know say before they're like 13 year old years old or whatever um you're not going to be able to prevent other parents from doing that to their kids and chances are they're not doing that chances are your kid if you are that strict on them if you want to call it strict you're going to enforce that rule on your kids and and uh, and other parents are just going to let their kids just go ahead willy-nilly and they're going to be chatting on friggin whatever it is whatsapp while they're in fucking class all day long right so like there's huge risks so i thought about this and i thought what if i started talking to and engaging with other parents uh ahead of time you know uh that you know my son is associating with their kids or whatever say listen this is what i do for our kid you know this is what we do for our kid i don't know what you guys do with yours i'm not going to tell you what to do but there's obviously you know i would rather them go outside burn off their energy play hockey in the streets you know, horse about, I would rather them go out and do that kind of shit, uh, and, and get fresh air and exercise and like actual social activity than to just be sitting there developing their fucking thumb dexterity all day. Sorry. I go on these rants. <laughs> you, got, you didn't signify rant end. <laughs> yeah. So you're a little soliloquy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, you're right, but I, I think we need to take away the market. We need, we need to send them a message, and we need to create little dark spots on the map where YouTube penetration goes down for kids, and they'll they'll know they'll know. YouTube penetration goes down. Oh, you mean like their numbers go down if people vote with their balls? Like they get rid of YouTube, like you did? Stop using it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Like it's I'm. Oh sure. I'm just going to be you're, honest. It's you're, not. You're not going to control this soon. any better by telling the parents. Okay, could you please stop using YouTube for your homework assist? Got it. You're, you're not. But, I mean, parents, at least put a blip. Send them a message. This is, this is not a small thing anymore. Yeah. Google needs to pay attention to this. And the only way it's going to pay attention is if there's a, a change in statistics. Correlated what about to- schools and teachers? Like, what are are they not going to start? Like, that's something, too. I don't, I don't know exactly how it is in schools, but aren't they going to – aren't they – incorporating that kind of media audio visual media in their in their classrooms i i from yeah, what i understand yes too, they are doing stuff like kids that kids are too young so my my daughter they hand her an ipad go take pictures of your work so wow so you need to understand that um <clears throat> it uh they're not teaching net safety okay okay we gave up sex ed <laughs> Teach your kid (laughs) net safety, for the love of God. Um, Because, and be aware what your parents, remember, if if you don't pay for it, guess what? Someone's taking advantage of it, of whatever information you're putting down and whatever you're putting in front of your kid. And that I think at the beginning of every school year, they should have like a net safety 
uh, like for parents. And have me come and talk to them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I'm sure you would have a field day, just like this is what was on the internet yesterday. <laughs> Scaring the crap out of them. And people just go, <gasps> So, yeah, no, it's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, yeah, net safety is not an arbitrary thing. It's like letting your kid run naked through the like a, a raspberry patch. I yeah. mean, <laughs> eventually you're gonna get stuck. I don't know. It's just why can't we just like fucking force kids to go outside and play and be active like we were when we were kids? <laughs> like, just go outside and play. Why do? You, why is that? Like, why is that a chore now? <laughs> Well, because imaginations work. Think about it. Imagination takes more effort, right? So that's just how it but is. That's a core skill, man. Like that's such a core skill for a kid to have. Just daydreaming, just going out and creating your own fun instead of you know and being able to occupy your own time. And if you if you don't practice that, if you don't have that skill set, and you just rely on YouTube and all that other crap to be able to do it for you, man, you are going to grow up stunted. It's going to, it's not going to be good for you. You have no vision. You have no way to plan anything. You have no way to uh, like talk to people just to carry out, a, envision a conversation and carry it out. You're not socialized. Anyway, I just keep like, I, I have, I could go on for days about this subject. It's nuts. It's just going to turn into a long rant. That's it. Well, they say uh, anything above two hours per day actually causes cognitive delays in children. On, on a on a computer screen or yeah. a tablet or whatever. Wow! Yeah. So it's uh, it's something, but they crave it. And for my daughter, when she was going through her development stages, uh, because of all of her medical problems, uh, mm -hmm. she. Uh, it was an outlet for her, so she she needed it, and she studied it. it. It was something to watch. Like most kids, just watch left to right. My daughter would rewind and rewind and rewind, and she would memorize the video. Right. So right now she doesn't know how to read, but she memorized all her books. Hmm. So you could That's stop. Crazy. You could st so in the middle of a book, you could stop reading, and she'd finish the sentence off for you. Really? Yeah. Wow. So you be like the Bernstein Bears. Come on, son, let's go outside to play. Let's and she lists off all the ski equipment and hockey equipment they have, and they and they go hmm. out. But anyways, so what do you think it is that kids are so like? I mean, I I get it. It's addictive. Like the the devices itself. There's an addiction. Like there's definitely been scientific studies on the addictive properties of of these things like I, I i wish i knew more about that but i wonder why it is so just like inherently just kids see that and they just fixate on that thing oh so you mean like momos or like uh the fentanyl inside my heroin but anyway <clears throat> the fentanyl inside your heroin what okay <laughs> how, how do you segue there i don't know just going <laughs> But because we talked about addiction, right? So right, right. And what's the most radical shift in in drugs and in cocaine right now, uh, and heroin for that matter, is this induction of fentanyl into marijuana and all other kinds of drugs 
because yeah, it's so, so addictive. That. It's like one drop the size of like the tip of your fingernail can kill you. No, a, a <laughs> grain, like, a grain. Wow. A small grain can kill you. So that's how potent it is. Um, but we talk about, you know, addiction. And I think part of it for my child was it was of all the things she had control over, she could walk, control over whatever she wanted. Like TV only was only so much, but YouTube. She, I have a Google Assistant. She literally picked it up and said, I love you. Google, tell me a joke. Google, Interesting. sing me a song, Google. Tell me a poem, Google. Interesting. So I think it gives them a sense of control and a friend that never lets them down because Google, okay, Google is always polite until YouTube comes along. Yeah. <laughs> so Wow. Well, I mean, you look at how much content there is on YouTube in a given day. Like, there's more, there's more content. Like, how how was how did I hear it explained? It's like there's more content made every single day on YouTube than there has been in the collective uh, creation of content by human beings in the world, in the history of human beings. Unfortunately. So, I'd have that's to probably, say is, it's probably a little hyperbolic, but I, I think I'm 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 probably getting the fact wrong, but there is something to it. Unfortunately, there's no disposal program that we're aware of. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's all trash. <laughs> Not all of it. Some of it, it's good. Hey, if you're teaching science, it's good. If you're teaching math, it's good. Everything else is just boring. <laughs> or philosophy, or you know, if you want to learn about. You know why human beings are the way they are. It's not just cute cat videos and and fucking Justin Bieber music videos anymore. It's actually there's some actually good content on there, but there's also Momo <laughs> and cinnamon eating contests. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. what happens when I put this? Or Tide Pods. What's that? Oh, Tide Pods. Remember Tide Pods? That was like last year or something. They still have them on. Oh my they god! They still sell those. I put them in my. Well, also, I have dishwasher pods too. <coughs> There's also, what I understand, a lot of this comes. Like, it's not. I think what happens is, YouTube is the mainstream, but I think a lot of these things get their start on places like, 4chan. And I don't know. Like, I've never been on 4chan, and I've. I don't. I don't know anybody who does, but I see it on. You might see it on like, Imgur or whatever from time to time, or you might see uh, bits of it. But I think what happens is if something goes viral on something like 4chan, it starts leaking out into these other platforms. I, I could be wrong on this, but it sounds like that's what uh, is, that might be what's going on. Like it leaks into YouTube and it leaks into Facebook and all kinds of other shit. Like, no. for example, the, the Flat Earth Movement came, from what I understand, it came from 4chan. It came from people who were just fucking around. Like they were just goofing about and they, you know, they thought they were making a joke. And then it got viral enough that you got the idiots of the interwebs started taking it seriously. And now it's a fucking movement. Like that's, that's how, that's how this whole thing, that's how this thing comes about. Now that's, that's one example, but sounds to me like there's a there's a there's a couple out there i don't know if the anti-vaxxers movement is another one like it but you see a lot of this shit it's the horrors of the internet well i would say the horrors are called the annals of the internet 
The annals, annals, <laughs> the the anus. <laughs> Where are you from, Uranus? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think part of it is it's like you know a, a pu- you know a young pup a puppy right? It, it, it walks around, does something really stupid or silly, and gets itself. Quasi Puppies don't hurt. ever do anything stupid, and it, just... and it wanders around going, "Oh, I guess I'm never going to do that again." Yeah, I, the problem is is that when people are the puppy and they make something stupid, apparently you get hits. So if you get hits, you can make money, and people try and capitalize yeah. it. Just because you know what? Listen, I'm not on our show. Our show is the, not the best one in the world, but we're getting better. But the point being is we're not doing it to sacrifice anybody else's um, dignity or capitalizing somebody else's fears. <clears throat> we're here to try we're trying to do some sort of um, somewhat benevolent, I guess, if you will, view on trying to bring information to everybody. Whereas right. when you're trying to instill fear, incite uh, hate or accidents from your children as a means of damaging society because you weren't loved enough um yeah i think there's something wrong with you and do yourself a favor don't click on these videos don't give them the clicks it's only in your interest to go and talk to somebody who can help you out it's called click on report abuse (laughs) yeah that's surprising that stuff like this got like i was reading one of the news articles this has been going on since like i for like a year it sounds like it sounds like it's been going on since beginning 2018 it's like how did it get this far you know you haven't you, I have, get, you, I have, get you haven't experienced worthy but it should have been nipped in the butt within a month it no, should have been done yeah but like it, momo think about think about it though it's like you th- when children and you say, well, they said something bad, so what? But once you start raising kids, okay, what you realize is trying to untrain them to do something. So what what is the consequence of a momo that teaches a kid to self harm? Okay, maybe they get away with it once. What is the consequence of them killing a family or getting up in the middle of the night and doing something crazy? The problem turning is turning on your oven or whatever. So what what is the option of the parent to try and correct this behavior? Think about it. If it is that radical, what does the parent have to do equally to try and undo this training? Because really it's they're mentally conditioned to do something. And it, it just it scares the crap out of me if you think about it. Well, yeah, because like the I think it was a it might have been global news article or it might have been CTV or whatever, but they were talking about um, they were talking about how like some of the signs that you can recognize in your kid if they're being engaged in this kind of uh, behavior or this this is this is happening to them like they start becoming secretive and they're like hovering over their phones or. You know, they might be a little bit distant and, you know, like, I don't know, it seems very situational, but. I know, but the I problem mean, problem is all kids go through growth stages like that. Yeah, I know. So, so how do you know this just isn't like a standard growth period or if it's something like seriously harmful to them that is external to their development, right? 
Yeah, and then then you yeah. go back in the last couple of years of how many kids have done something crazy and had an unexpected result, or mm-hmm. a family died, and you you try and correlate it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. <sighs> Parenting is, you know, is fraught with monsters. It is. But here's the thing, like. You can't – you got to protect your kids against monsters, but you also got to make sure that they're tough enough to be able to withstand monsters on their own when they grow up because the whole point is to turn them into a productive member of society, right? Yeah, but I, And I, you I, can't do that by mollycoddling them. You can't do that by telling them that, oh, I'll protect you. It's okay. Everything will be okay. We're going to teach like, your kid no. iron, shirt, iron Shirt Kung Fu? Were no, they, no, were, no. Were you beat them for three hours a day? No, you teach them resilience. No, teach them resilience, man. Well, yeah, they <laughs> the, have the to. word toughen up is kind of freaking eighties. You build them resilience, so they they take a lick and keep on ticking. You um, gotta be well. That's called being tough. You gotta be tough. Tough yeah, but, doesn't necessarily mean aggressive. It just means you can withstand. You can with you can endure and you can withstand a certain level of like you can tolerate a certain amount of stress. Yeah, but and the you're word, not going to collapse. But the other part of tough is also imposing your will on others. That's one tough cookie. No, like, yeah, okay, that's that's false equation. No, it's not. No, it's not. Sure, it's, it's, it's the same word. Sure it is. I just said. <laughs> but when no. you when you talk about applying a single word to to de- to describe how your kids should be, the the word is resilient because uh, it doesn't impose any type of threat to others. The word of t- course, t- we gotta be, we're gonna ra- we're gonna raise like, a bunch of bullies here. Okay, guys, we're gonna have we're gonna create our own little um, what was it a Kita <laughs> little training camp, and you bring your little kid over here to tr- turn him to an assassin the time they leave. What? But, <laughs> Not gonna. First of all, are you talking about Aikido? Did you just mention Aikido? First of all, it's a defensive martial art. I'll have you. I'll have you know. Until my foot is on your throat. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's not how it works. Like, you just get, I think that's not how it works at all. You don't get it. Whatever. Whatever. But no, seriously, like these, I think it's good for kids to learn stuff like that. I think it's good for kids to understand limits. Oh, totally. Limits that their bodies can go through, like stress on their bodies, like, you know, being able to do martial arts or anything like that or getting into sports all kids of all ages i think they should be getting into all kinds of stuff like that yes i agree you gotta be you. Able, I, I it's not I just i can't argue <laughs> yeah but, but when we talk the word tough you're gonna be the meanest six-year-old on the playground no they're gonna just give you your it. money no, not like, even the fact that you have to change the word so that it sounds nicer so that it sounds softer, so it doesn't sound like it, it has a connotation of aggression to it, because aggression is bad. Well, no, sometimes aggression can be good if it's used properly. Yeah, but you're 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 defending the duality of a word, and I'm trying to say there's there's a word that means what you're saying, which is the word resilience or resilience. Toughness can mean toughness can mean absorption of stress. Can yeah. mean the same thing. Yes. It could mean. Resilience. Yes, but the specificity of the word matters. So if you're mm. going to go out to buy a carton of specificity, let's, let's get the one that's 
resilient. <laughs> um, anyway. The reason why is, is, is because when we talk about the, the masses and the interpretation of certain words, it, it must mean something. And we could probably spend the next week posting things on misinterpretation of, of, of different words. Uh, and they just got resilience in mind, but I see them a lot. Oh, I want to say the word any key comes to, always comes to mind. Find the any key. But, uh, which one's the any key? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> or like the word organic, that's the one that really gets me. Um, oh, yeah, it's organic <laughs> produce. Okay, find me inorganic produce. I always like Mitch Hedberg's joke. He talks about uh, Flintstone vitamins. <laughs> yeah, Flintstone vi- kids like Flintstone vitamins because they're chewable. All vitamins are chewable, just some taste shitty. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, do not drink. No, I said, should not drink. <laughs> um, you know, just, just, just words that, that, you know, words mean something. You know, talk about Orwell and, the uh, degradation of uh, the English language, politics Excuse in the English me, language. It's pronounced Orwell, not Orwell. <laughs> Listen, I went to a French school. Shut the hell up. <laughs> and he was by far not French. Exactly. <laughs> Anything but. But the the point being is 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 these parallels where we we necessarily don't say what we mean. We say things that are that overgeneralize, and I, you know, I pick on you all the time. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I because I can take some of the words four different ways. Why? Because I read a lot of books. Okay. So what, you what, think what, that what you, you think that gives you that gives you power over me? I don't think so. It's not how it works. Wait, is this on? Is on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mister Big Words. Yes, you know dictionaries are cheap now, right? Oh wait! There's yeah, Google. it's on the internet. <laughs> there's Google. <laughs> JFGI. Yeah. So just freaking Google it. I didn't get that one. Sorry. You never heard that one? No. Yeah, we millennials, we talk in acronyms. Didn't you know that? <laughs> not all of them are useful. <laughs> yeah. No, not all of them. Anyway, how did we get here? <laughs> we went from zombies in movies to Momo to words are important. Be precise with your speech, as the great Dr. Peterson well, once I, said. I, I, I think we go back to saying, you know, be responsible for your content. How's that one? Be responsible for the things you say. Be responsible for the things you, you put your kids in front of. And be responsible for the the things on the internet. If you're a company like Google that makes money on clicks and most of the time you're getting the content for free, be responsible. Do you think as a result of like shit like Momo that we might see legislation passed in certain countries on uh, responsible stewardship by companies, these private companies to, to maintain their net, well, not their networks, but their like their servers and shit, so that shit like this doesn't come down the pipe. Do you think that would be a response? Yes. Well, we're starting to see it already with uh, Netflix, and we see it with video game companies too. I'm seeing that, like with microtransactions, you see that a lot. Like, um, especially with uh, Electronic Arts was a big one. 
I don't know if many people know about that. Um, just to kind of give a quick synopsis. So um, games, whether they're on your phone or you'll play them on like mainstream consoles or whatever, um, a lot of gaming companies, instead of just like paying whatever amount of money is like 50, 60 bucks, 70 bucks um, on the more expensive end uh, for a video game, instead of just paying a flat rate out to purchase the game and play it, that's it. What a lot of companies are doing is they're throwing in little microtransactions that are like, you know, 99 cents for this booster pack or $2 for such and such. And and it just, it, it's a way for them to bring in uh, a surplus amount of revenue that they otherwise would never have gotten if they, uh, if they had just sold the game just on its own standalone. So you're seeing a lot of that. And you're seeing countries, I think Belgium is a famous example lately in the last like year and a bit, where countries are saying this is akin to gambling. They're labeling it as a form of gambling and therefore making it illegal uh, to be selling these games in their country. Um, and just because it's targeted at a lot of these games are targeted at kids like Star Wars Battlefront was a big one. They targeted at kids and then they uh, and then the country labels it as gambling and therefore now the company's lost revenue off of that. There's like a big legal battle going on about it right now. Anyway, sorry, that was another tangent. Back to back to the show. <laughs> no, we're talking about being responsible content. Um, I mean, Netflix actually I was just reading online. Netflix pays more for Canadian content, or plays more Canadian content than Bell. Um, and Bell owns Crave. If everyone's not tracking, um, <clears throat> and sorry, Netflix pays more for Canadian content than Bell. Yeah, and pay and also provides more content canadian content than bell provides more canadian content than bell. i did hear that so and i did see was it the oh god was it the the this whoever the director or whatever whatever it was for was it the crtc they made a complaint about that or they made like a passing complaint about that i i, I probably got that wrong so anyways one of the biggest criticisms of netflix is as a non-cable provider and not a movie production company necessarily, they uh, they don't they traditionally have not been paying um, taxes towards um, I forget what it's called, and I think it's the heritage. But they um, they pay money to help uh, provide grants to pr- make Canadian content. Right. Um, so Netflix is playing more content and by paying to these kitties they're providing grants for the creation of new canadian content and they're doing more than bell let's just put that out there um, okay so we talk about monsters and we, we talk about regulating your content we see netflix starting to curate local stuff and uh you know as much as i like korean food i don't like korean pop and i don't don't like korean videos so <laughs> Yeah, they're getting that as a, probably a good deal because it keeps popping up on my Canadian uh, Netflix, which I canceled not too long ago because I just got tired of it. Um, you got too much Korean content on your Netflix? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. And Indian content. And so oh, yeah, because it was so invasive. Somebody's <laughs> well, I ran out of things to start wa- watching <laughs> habits. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the funniest thing is I ran out of things to watch. Oh, okay. So we're going to watch. I'm like, um, Listen, I, I I read all day. I'm I'm not going to read right now. <laughs> so 
Um, I'm not watching subtitles. Um, but mm-hmm. but being said, is that we start seeing Netflix starting to curate that content. It'd be nice to see if Google started curating their own. That'll never happen. There's no profit. There's no... Sure there is. YouTube has YouTube Premium now. Yeah, but we've already had this discussion about people expect shit for free, yo. <laughs> They're not going to go and pay for YouTube for... Uh, I guess, I mean, if it gets rid of... What, what, what does it do? Gets rid of the ads that constantly pop up and are so invasive on your YouTube subscription channel or whatever? Is that one of them? So as long as you pay for a subscription to YouTube, you don't get ads, and then you have... I think there's other... There's, like, YouTube music. Is that what happens? You can get, like... You can have, like, a music channel, and there's, like, a TV channel. Okay, I'm going to use my good radio voice. YouTube Premium, formerly YouTube Red, is a paid streaming subscription service that provides advertising-free streaming of all videos hosted by YouTube. Exclusive original content produced in collaboration with the site's creators, as well as offline playback. And play You're just giving them free ad on revenue. <laughs> mobile devices. Um, it's been around for four years. Mm. Not sold on this one. I would say if you curated, took out all the crap, like the Cinnamon Challenge videos, that'd be great. Well, it's based on what you choose to watch, right? They start feeding you channels and videos that are related to what your viewing habits are not necessarily that's how, that, the, that, i thought that's how google works it's that's only one part of the al- your shit it's only one part of the algorithm it's much more heck? intelligent than that it's only one part of the <laughs> algorithm okay all your right. age demographic what people in your area are looking at it, it all matters what you say around your phone so Alexa can, well, that's Amazon, but what you say around your phone so that it starts showing you ads on your Facebook feed of th- things that you talk about but don't search up on on because they're fucking listening to your every goddamn word on your microphone. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So I, I think we should sum up here. Um, yeah. I think we go back to another thing is be responsible. There's monsters out there, but be responsible. Be responsible (sighs) for the things around you, right? And don't be the monster. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, no, I got nothing. (laughs) So that's all all for this week. I'm Whiskey. And I'm Rocks. Have a good week. So I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Brendan Grant, who first made us aware that the Momo story was a hoax perpetrated by the wretched hive of scum and villainy that is the interweb. We, uh, we recorded this before the hoax was, ex- uh, was exposed, so some of our information may not all be correct, but like all the other organizations who have been obvious in their attempt to save face, we still think, think that the uh, end state of the episode still stands as well as our message bottom line is as a parent you should probably be super mindful of what your kids can see and have access to on the internet so thanks brendan for being vocal and uh, keeping us honest hey everybody rocks here i just wanted to take another moment of your time and shamelessly ask that you like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your weekly dose of whiskey and rocks we're currently on itunes we're now officially on the google play store Uh, We're on Stitcher and YouTube, and we're continuously looking for more ways to expand. As well, 
You can help us out even more if you write us a review on Facebook, tell all your friends, and even get involved in the conversation. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for more 320 Club.